0: Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? The
1: amazing Spider-Man!
0: Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Spider Spider Call me
1: Spider-Man! I want that wall-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man.
0: I want him strung up by his web!
1: Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man.
0: I want Spider-Man!
1: Hello, true believers. Welcome to the Spider Man Book Club. This podcast is all about digging into the library of everyone's favorite wall crawling menace and his uh, dark nightiest corner of the Marvel Universe or Marvel Mor- 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 Multiverse. Blech. That was hard to say. Uh, <laughs> Do I
0: that again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everybody knows what I mean. <laughs> um, the Marvel I Universe. <laughs> uh, i'm your host jj hodges and uh back on the show is uh is uh is this is the scottish knight himself uh jack ingram who uh not uh, not a huge spider-man fan but loves some batman so we'll let him slide for that
0: <laughs> oh, No, no i'm still a spider-man fan just batman beats him <laughs> <And> <laughs> you hello, know, I, hello. Uh thanks for having me back JJ uh I was gonna date the show but happy Fourth of July happy Independence Day to you uh, I don't know if you're even allowed to to talk to me today you know you're fraternizing with the British Empire right here <laughs>
1: uh well I think it'll be okay because we'll, we'll release the episode uh a week or two later so hopefully we you're, won't get in trouble
0: you're not gonna be uh hunted down by um some uh, blue coats and branded a traitor for, to America. Uh,
1: I mean, who knows? Uh, the way our country's going, it, you know, we're not too far from all that. <laughs> um,
0: it never ends.
1: <laughs> True.
0: History is uh, cyclical. <laughs>
1: um, so I'm very excited to talk about this, uh, this story today, the, uh, the second Batman and Spider-Man volume that Marvel and DC released back in uh, October 1997 um written by J.M. de Matias, penciled by Graham Nolan inked by Carl Kessel colored by Gloria Vasquez and lettered by John Costanza
0: um, I was I was waiting for it I was listening to the pronunciation and you said Graham not Graham I'm very impressed
1: <laughs> uh Oh, that might have been an accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Every
0: time I hear it, it's like, like Graham Norton or Graham Crackers. And I'm like, it's not Graham, it's Graham. Graham, yeah. <laughs> not, not, uh, not, not to call out America on, on the 4th of July.
1: <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you already have a little bit, so. <laughs> it's an uh, aubergine.
0: What the hell's an eggplant? It's an aubergine.
1: <laughs> uh, well, actually, the funny thing is that this is, that, you know, from my notes here, uh, colorist is also written uh, with a U in it, so <laughs> so it's got the it's got the English spelling on that as well. Um,
0: Center is R E. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so <clears throat> so this particular story um, it is interesting because it it is it is a follow up to the the previous one we talked about this, uh, which was Batman or which was super jeez excuse me uh spider-man batman as opposed to this one is batman and spider-man mm-hmm. um but i i also i love that there's there's an immediate thing in there where spider-man sees batman and he's like hey can i help you and batman's mm-hmm. like no no he's like no i got this and then spider-man's like we're not doing this dude like come on yeah. i'm here to help just let me help and batman's like, don't,
0: like, don't, you, don't you remember the last book <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it's like we just we, we just did this a couple years ago and yeah, he's and like,
0: like, like- for for a quick recap you you know it's in the last episode or in uh, in the last book uh, it was established that um that this is a crossover uh in which it's not like a kind of cross-dimensional thing it's established that uh, that batman and spider-man are in the same universe yeah uh, and there's there's a scene where like where batman says to spider-man you know like he's aware of like the maximum carnage event and stuff, and yeah, yeah. Like they both know each, other, uh, they both know who, uh, who each other are, um, and obviously that's uh, that's continued into this book.
1: You, you know, and and I I said that last time that I I like I like that about it because it it saves us from having to do this you know across the spider-verse you know you need this yes. device to travel through dimension kind of thing and yeah. you know not that i don't love that stuff but yeah. it, it, it
0: well it just it just removes like the whole kind of you can imagine like the first scene you know when when like spider-man or batman whoever like comes through like a dimensional portal and then there's animosity and like oh, who is this traveler stranger from a distant land you know right and, right uh, oh can can they work together and or will they be friends can they're Conflicting universes, that. Yeah, but no, it yeah. just throws it, throws you right in. Uh, they both know each other, tangentially, or they're friends, or whatever. You know, there's, there's no hoo ha. You know, it just just dives right in. Right, right,
1: and it it saves a, uh, so it saves a lot of story time to yeah <laughs> to the actual conflicts. Yeah. You know, with uh... and this,
0: uh, in this book particular, you know, it's it flies through the story. I feel yep. like more so, more more so than the previous book, because I don't know what you thought, but I mean, like to spoiler it for the end, but I prefer uh, the first book to this one, um, and then there's I feel like there's like kind of beats in this uh, in this book, like it almost feels like it's missing a couple of scenes between it just to kind of make it. Uh, make it a, a, a bit more sense, you know. Yeah. It feels like it kind of not scattered, but it feels like it kind of because it's flying through the story so fast. It's like jumping from here to here to here, and like there's twists and twists and twists, you know. And it and it's all a bit all kind of thrown at you um, one after mm-hmm. the other, quite fast.
1: Um, I I agree. It the it, it does feel like it, it moves a little too fast, and mm-hmm. I, I think. Part of it is that, you know, the the first book we got to spend time with in in Peter Parker's life and in Bruce Wayne's life. And this one, it it was a little bit, you know, and and maybe because that was already done. They were just like, let's focus on the villains and them getting together because that that happens really quick versus in the other one.
0: I mean, not to like harp on it too much, um, but in the last episode when we talked about uh, the first book, um, you know, we kind of discussed... you know, the kind of similarities and differences between um, like Batman and Spider-Man and how they kind of work uh, together in this crossover, and it was much more of a kind of, that first book was much more of a character a character study for both of them, yeah. and like, with their um, conflicting uh, or similar uh, personalities. Um, so the story in that was much more kind of simpler and streamlined, so it could handle, you know, the fast pace, like get it done and what 30, 40 pages, however long the book is, you know, right? But this, uh, but in this second one, the uh, Batman Spider Man, um, all that character work is, you know, is, is already been done in the previous book, like we already know who the who they are and what their relationship is. Yeah. I feel like uh, the story uh, is more of the, the focus in this book, but because it's still that same like cramped numbers uh pages you know i don't feel it quite works as well i just needed a little bit more room to breathe or like another cup scene or another couple of scenes just between the pages to kind of give it a bit more life
1: um yeah yeah i i i know what you mean and and like i said it i think it goes into there's no real conflict for, how do to put it? There's no real conflict for Batman and Spider-Man. You know? in, in the first one, they, they, they meet and they don't get along. And, and so they get separated. Whereas in this one, like I said, it, it's, it's kind of funny. Spider-Man's like, we're not doing this. Like, I'm here to help. Let's shake hands. Yeah. They shake hands and then they're partners. Mm-hmm. Um, there almost needed to be maybe a B-plot of like, you know, Batman was going to leave Spider-Man behind or something, or, uh, you know, when they go on their mission. <clears throat> I don't know. But it just...
0: Uh, or... The conflict uh, is more between the two uh, villains in this book, and I think that's yeah. the focus.
1: Which so, is fine, you know, and it and that, yeah. And that works,
0: yeah. And Which, again, it's, it's a strange choice. Because in the last book, obviously, we had uh, the Joker and Carnage, yeah. and although there's like a lot of big differences you know you can you can see why they would have chosen those two characters at the time you know mm-hmm. uh, you no, know, because uh, that book was 95 96 I think and obviously yeah. carnage was probably one of the biggest Marvel villains at the time and mm-hmm. maximum carnage had just happened and obviously the Joker's the Joker <laughs> um, but in, and you although those two characters are very different they're both like the crazy guys you know they're yeah. <laughs> they're the two psychopaths but uh, I feel like uh, the inclusion kind of interactions between eh uh, Raish Al Ghoul, and uh, Wilson Fisk Kingpin I don't know but to me they were it's kind of an odd choice mm-hmm. uh, especially like Raish wasn't that big in batman comics at the time um like previously we had uh the most recent thing he would have done would have been uh, like legacy and contagion Uh which are like the two uh batman event books um after nightfall and before no man's land and they're kind of forgotten Um, yeah so i don't know uh enlighten me where was uh, kingpin uh the comics at the time was he like big in Spider-Man's world at the time or was he with um, Daredevil or he,
1: yeah no he he was at the time with Spider-Man because um because the animated series was was still going on so oh. it it was like and he was <clears throat> the main villain he's in I mean he's in almost every episode of yeah. of the show at least it just yeah. feels that I
0: way mean, I mean I don't know about you but like like I've said with nearly every other uh, Spider-Man character. Hey, that's where I first encountered uh, Kingpin was in mm. that series yeah, with yeah. His, um I can't remember who voiced him, but it was like a strange like almost eastern European sort of kind of German almost accent he had <laughs> i
1: yeah i I don't remember the guy's the guy's name off the top of my head uh but you know it's it's the voice that's you know in my head reading this same with, with yeah. david warner as as rachel Ghoul, right you yeah. know he's a yeah. um they just have this. I don't know. And like I said, and, and even with the uh, Spider-Man is Christopher Daniel Barnes and Batman's Kevin Conroy. It's just you know they're just ingrained in there. <clears throat> I'm not going to hear anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, Roscoe Lee Brown, That was it. Um, he's a uh, he was the Kingpin. Um, mm. <clears throat> and and I like that. Uh, you know, it's. It's a very simple motivation for the Kingpin, right? Like his right. wife is dying, and and uh, and Rachel's like, "Well, I can save her. You just have to join me." And 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 I think it's a uh, it, it's so interesting because I almost um, like y- you know that there's that the villains are going to betray each other at some point, of course.
0: As, as they do, <laughs> it.
1: but it's also like <clears throat> when he's like, you know, Kingpins like, "You're going to destroy New York City." It doesn't make any sense like i live mm-hmm. here this is where i have my business why would i yeah. join you um it, it's almost I feel like
0: um, i feel like a villain like kingpin a uh, almost like thrives much more um, in batman's world you know it's that's obviously he's, uh, he's dealt with spider-man and he's been a major spider-man villain but that's why i think he kind of works more with characters like daredevil more mm-hmm. uh and like obviously in this book uh batman you know because obviously he's a crime boss like controlling the city and batman has the experience in uh, history with dealing with um that sort of character you know you look at uh rupert thor and carmine falco and black mask the penguin mm-hmm. uh like wilson fisk fits right into that that world um but I feel like Spider-Man interacting with someone like Rachel Ghul is something quite different that we've uh, that we've never really seen before. You know, this globe-trotting um, James Bond villain-esque, like like eco-terrorist, you know, with supernatural ties. I mean, I personally can't think of anyone in Spider-Man's world who kind of fits that sort of uh, character.
1: Well, Spider-Man stories are typically fairly New York stories, you know. Except for, mm-hmm. you know, Dan Slott's run about <clears throat> a few years ago when he had, when he had Peter Parker become rich, yeah. uh, then he did do some globetrotting stuff, and mm-hmm. and that's all well and good because you're like, oh well, um, the that fit that story, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't going to be a permanent thing because,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you keep Spider-Man out of New York too long, it's weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, uh, it's it's interesting to see him in this book, you know, like he's they're up uh, Spider Man in the Himalayan mountains and the snow with a big like fur coat on. It's, yeah, you're you're used to seeing him like swinging through buildings, and it's he's a, he's very much like a city boy. As like as he mentions like in the in the book, you know, he says to yeah. Batman, "You know, it's like, I'm a city boy. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm not used to this." Right. So it's it, quite interesting to see him interacting with uh, this different sort of environment and a different. Uh, Type of villain and uh, Rachel ghoul that he's probably not really used to.
1: Well, yeah, but but it's also uh, you know I, I got to say it's a little disappointing because he doesn't get he, he doesn't get really any screen time with Rachel, right? Yeah. You know, whereas he in the other story he fought the Joker,
0: yeah, and you know I got to say that that's one of that was like one of like the appeals of the last book, you know not only was it um obviously batman and uh, spider-man interacting but they kind of but they like they cross and uh and exchange villains and they have this exchange you know, of what happened what would happen if batman fought carnage or what happened if spider-man fought the joker and so on yeah. we don't really get that sort of um interact in this book it's more about the conflict between the two villain characters but like I was saying, you know, someone like Kingpin, you know, would like kind of thrive in a Batman story. So, yeah, I would have liked to seen like a little scene of maybe Batman interacting with uh, Fisk one on one, and you know, like with because obviously, as I said, he's got that experience with uh, like crime families and like mafia, yeah. um, and seeing someone like Spider Man like go up against this kind of immortal supernatural eco-terrorist whatever you want to call race you know would have been really interesting but they don't even have like a kind of one-on-one conversation
1: no and and it's interesting because you know it it, it, it's also kind of a shame because the you you could have spider-man with a little bit more of like a naive point of view to Mm -hmm. racial ghouls even more so than than batman's right where you know racial's whole thing is you know i want to save the world but the way he's going to do it is he has to kill most of it first and then let let a new world be born um and whereas with you know spider-man spider-man believes that everybody deserves a second chance Mm -hmm. and So having that kind of dichotomy, having that kind of argument, like for the greater good kind of a thing, sacrifices must be made. Whereas in Spider-Man's mind, no, like nobody dies. If I can help it, nobody dies. Um, And and Batman's the same way. But I think Mm -hmm.
0: that... Have I lost you? You
1: know, he's... He's not more sympathetic to what Raish wants. He's more just a I don't know, it, it's complicated for him because he's in love with Talia, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's like, you know, I, I get what you're doing, and in a way it makes sense, but we can't do that. Um yeah. that's that's not the way to go.
0: I liked how um, you know there was uh the interactions with uh Kingpin and Raish, you know, when they're talking about obviously kingpin that was a massive like crime boss and and like super villain, essentially but but at the heart of it he is a new york a uh, boy himself you know yeah. and there's the bit where uh, you know he'll do unspeakable things and stuff but he does it to the benefit and, uh, and protection of new york in the similar way that uh, or in a similar vein that, you know, Spider-Man has that connection and love of New York. Kingpin does as well, but it's like two sides of that. So I think that's one of the turning points of like why Kingpin would have betrayed, you know, Raish. Because he doesn't, as evil or terrible he is, you know, he wants to protect New York City because, you know, that's his home. Right. Without, or that's, that's his kingdom, you know, and he can't be the Kingpin without uh, a kingdom. Right.
1: Well, you know, it it made me think a little bit of, uh, I mean, they didn't do this in the story, but it made me think a little bit of um, uh, Superman 2. It's like, you know, couldn't they have offered him something? Like Lex Luthor is like, I just want one thing in return, Australia, you know, and and Zod calls him later. He's like, you've done well, Lex Luthor of Australia, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Um, It's like, you know, Rache, maybe if you had said, I'll spare New York, but blow up yeah. something else yeah. you know then then maybe he would have gone along with it um but you know you're just you weren't really you weren't really using your thinking brain there <laughs> were you race trying to no.
0: um,
1: but and then i like that um but you, you understand um you know uh kingpin's motivation because it's like his wife is sick she's gonna die he's not gonna lose her and race is like well i'll cure her um mm-hmm. So you can understand why he would get so desperate that he would just go screw it. If I don't have her, I have nothing. Um, yeah. And then, and then it's just you know, and then he double crosses him later, you know, and he stops the explosions. And then Batman and Spider Man don't really get to do much in this, you know, they don't no. get to really save the day. And uh, then, I feel like, uh,
0: I mean,
1: what well, they do at the very end with, yeah, you know, it's like
0: like Batman Spider Man, just kind of along for the ride, you know. They don't really. They don't have much interactions with uh, either of the villains, to be honest. And then there's this part of the end where they're separated and like they're out in the snow in a cave, and they kind of turn up at the end, and it's it's not even really them that kind of orchestrate, you know, the the climax. It's uh, you know, it's Vanessa and Kingpin uh, themselves. Yeah. You know. Um, and then, like, kind of Batman Spiderman, Spider-Man just kind of turn up. I think, like, there's, like, mention mentioned uh, Spider-Man kind of has a line to Batman, you know, it's, oh, I kind of have a hunch of, like, kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just kind of turn up to kind of to wrap things up.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and, and they do kind of save the day in the end because, you know, Bruce figures out the, the cure and then he gives it to Spider-Man and Spider-Man delivers yeah. it. Um, and it's that kind of stuff that I really like too. That that even though they're dealing with the, their villains, they're they're still like, you know, they she doesn't deserve to die. So yeah. let's let's help her. Um, so it's not even really about helping Kingpin or anything. It's just it's like,
0: you know, <laughs> yeah, um, like, like, nobody dies. And I think it's it's not. Uh, I think it's Talia that um, that gives Batman the cure, and then and then Batman passes it on to Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Because on and, on uh, on the note um, that's delivered with the the vial, it says T. Obviously, T for Talia. Yeah. Because um, like, there's a nice little interaction with uh, Talia and Vanessa uh, in the book where you know they're talking about they're both in love with these people with you know very conflicting sort of ide- ideologies and like from their yeah. own. Um, but it's uh, but despite that, um, they love them and they have a nice little moment and yeah, yeah. connection there. So Talia is always obviously like, well, I want to help save this other woman that I have a a slight emotional connection with.
1: Yeah, and and I thought that that was sweet because it some of the best uh, Talia stuff is when she's uh, <clears throat> she's kind of riding the fence between is she, you know, how much does she love Batman versus how much does she love Raish? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and when, uh, you know, we're doing the, the uh, oh my gosh, Batman Anime Series episodes last year on, on the other Four Comic Junkie show, mm-hmm. I watched all the Racial Ghoul episodes. And I was like, you know, they, they spaced his story out just well enough that it didn't get tiresome, the the Italianess of it. Mm-hmm. Um, or even just kind of the the race, the whole I'm immortal, woe is me kind of, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> story. Um, and um and I I like that for the most part Talia was always not so secretly on on Batman's side mm-hmm. and you know, would had her loyalty to her father, but at the same time it's like It's not even that she was feeling guilty about what he was going to do. Like, he's going to destroy the world. I can't allow that. It was always like, I just don't want him to kill you. (laughs) You know, and Batman being Batman, he's going to be the hero.
0: Like, obviously, like she kind of gets hot and cold. Obviously, depending who who writes her, you know. Um, Sure. You know, like in more modern times. Well, I say modern. You know, it's about. Ten, fifteen years ago now, when Grant Morrison was uh, was writing Talia, and um, with the interu- introduction of like Damian, mm-hmm. um, and then like those sort of interactions, she was very, very much portrayed uh, as a villain. Right. But uh, you know, but, um, but with previous writers and stuff, you know, she is very hot and cold and very loving, mm-hmm. and I kind of see it as well. You know perhaps she does love Bruce and Rash like equally at the mm-hmm. end of the day, she can fuck Bruce, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, um, and you know she keeps coming back, so he's doing something right <laughs> but, <laughs> which uh,
0: we've we've all seen that uh, that panel from uh, Batman Damned by uh, Leah Bermejo. <laughs>
1: oh yeah yeah i i have that book i got it before they recalled it so oh, well. and i remember just like going well there it is there's his penis <laughs> <So. clears throat>
0: you would uh, never thought you would ever see it but there it is
1: you know um <clears throat> i think there was uh, it was like a cartoon or just like like a newspaper strip back in the day where it was right after like the paris hilton scandal and hmm. but the the there was like a joke version, like a meme version where it's like all these bat signals lighting up the sky and Batman said, I never should have done that video with Paris Hilton. (laughs) Um, That was, that was always pretty funny. Um,
0: But uh, we're we're, we're, we're way off track. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, But anyway, uh, you know, it's, I I think, um, you know, in the first story with, you know, uh, joker and carnage it's like well sure they're they're fairly similar characters they're both psychotic and you know mass murderers and everything's a joke to them so i think there was an attempt with this story to to dial it back and have it be about the about these other how these other characters are they have power in their own way right versus being um you know being being like literally powerful with like a symbiote it's like they're powerful mm-hmm. because they have money, they have resources, they have yeah, you know, these far reaching empires, you yeah. know, which is yeah. a thing. <laughs> but they do yeah. have,
0: yeah. I guess like initially, obviously you think oh, Rachel Goul and Wilson first Kingpin, you know, you probably couldn't have two like any more different villains from each other, but sure. But when you look at it and like the story kind of goes into it a little bit, but they do have similarities and not just with like the kind of power they amass, you know, obviously race is much more, uh, worldwide and Kingpin is, you know, within America or like New York, you know, very kind of crime boss like mafia right. kind of power. Um, but I feel like their motivations and like the love they have, uh, for their home and their family is very uh, similar, you know, you know, race yeah. would do anything, uh, for his daughter Talia, and you know, and, and Kingpin has a similar relationship with like Vanessa, his wife. You know, he would do anything for her. They're very, they're both very, uh, like kind of like loving um, yeah. characters in the in their own way. You know, and that's when you know, uh, like Vanessa and Talia has a uh, that conversation about her dad and, and Wilson. You know, like we, like they both obviously know how. Evil and how despicable, uh, and what both of them uh, have done. Yeah, but they know deep down, and they're perhaps the only two people who truly know who they are deep down uh, and what they're really capable of. And by that, I obviously mean, you know, emotionally and like lovingly, you know, it's a side of Ration uh, and Fisk that the rest of the world never gets to see,
1: right? Um. Well, it's it's interesting where Rachel Gould seems to be a kind of, you know, a, like he's not a a well known figure. Like Wilson Fisk is a well known figure, mm-hmm. um, but Rachel Gould is more of a is, is more of a myth, right? Is more, of, yeah. you know, it, you know, and Batman even like says as much. I think Spider, you know, it, like when they first meet, and I think I think Spider Man says something along those lines, and um, and and I like that that again that dichotomy too it's like i have all this power from mm-hmm. you know my my centuries of being alive and yeah. whereas you know fisk is like i have all this power because you know i i took it from people you know and i mm-hmm. you know became the you know the the biggest of of bigs in new york city or whatever you know yeah. whatever you want to call it uh boss of bosses i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah. but and um and, and so that it's like okay you get why they would put them together and but there's also a part of me that's like man but you know i wish they'd do another one because wouldn't it be cool to see batman fight the green goblin you know,
0: I know. or I mean, I mean that that's what i was gonna uh i was gonna gonna lead to you know say, like, as we said you know the first book um was very much about you know introducing batman and spider-man uh, to each other mm-hmm. and exploring their kind of uh like conflicting ideals and dynamics and their personality and then obviously they swapped villains like the psychotic villains of carnage yeah. and uh, uh and the joker this book is more about i guess the relationship between the two villains um, and kind of continuing on that um relationship with say uh, spider-man and batman yeah um, there's a little bit more to it. Like, there's a couple of hints of, you know, Spider Man saying to, to Batman, you know, talk, uh, when he wakes up from his nightmare about Mary Jane, he's like, um, he says something like, don't you have anyone that that you care about or like people that are close to you? Um, so, like, what if they were ever to do a, a third book? where would you, uh, where would you want to see it go? Or where would you want to see it? Um, I, what would you want to be explored?
1: I'd almost like to see um, Spider-Man interact with other members of the Bat family, you know, yeah. um, you know, like, how because I feel like he and Dick Grayson would get along, or maybe they wouldn't, yeah. like, Dick Grayson would be like, this guy's kind of annoying. And then somebody would be like, he's just like you. Like, you yeah. <laughs> know, he's flipping around making jokes that's exactly what you do i I,
0: know i know the nightwing fans on twitter would be like spider-man and nightwing are actually nothing alike
1: (laughs) and it's like uh
0: actually more related to uh, barbara gordon
1: (laughs) well but i think that'd be interesting to see you know like the um the batman ninja turtles crossovers that uh james tynan did you know it was great to see you know, like, like, you know, in the, in the first stories, seeing how, wow, like Batman and Spider-Man actually have similar storylines in a sense. Yeah. Like they're, they're both kind of born from tragedy. Yeah. Um, and, and then with the Ninja Turtles, it's interesting to see, uh, it, you know, it was interesting to see how, you know, Batman would relate to each of them and how mm-hmm. they would interact with Robin and Batgirl and, uh, and their villains, how Batman would fight Shredder, you know, it's just yeah. stuff like that, that, you could call it fan service, but it's also like, I don't know. I want to see Batman fight the Shredder. That's awesome, you know.
0: That, so, I mean, that's what was so uh, like cool about uh, the first book. Like, I know I keep going on about the first book, and like, <laughs> like I, I, do, I do really uh, like like this book as well. Yeah, I just feel I, the first one's much better enjoyable. But that's what one of the things that was so cool about it was like. Like the amazing splash pages and scenes, like yeah, Batman yeah. And, and the Carnage, Spider Man and the Joker, and them swinging through the city, and it's bang, bang, bang. It's, it's uh, much more uh, action packed. Yeah, um, yeah. But what, like, if they were if, for me though, if they were to do, well, I say it's a big if. If they were okay. ever to like be a third book, sure. I think it would be interesting to uh, kind of look at the relationship between uh, Batman and Spider Man. Um, but from their, like, civilian like identities, you know, what, what would it be like if, if Bruce Wayne, a multi-billionaire, you know, interacted with down on his luck, you know, like po- poor Peter Parker. Right. You know, I can I, imagine it uh, be kind of like an Avengers stories when, like, Peter Parker interacts with you know, someone like Tony Stark, you know. Sure. Someone who grew up, like, very uh, not necessarily poor but kind of downtrodden and much more humble uh, um, in like a small part of New York to like a multi-billionaire and you know that's two very different you know conflicting uh, cultural gaps you know yeah
1: and I think that's it, it, funny you mentioned that because I didn't even realize it, but yeah, we never see Bruce Wayne and Peter Parker. It's, yeah. it's always just Batman and Spider-Man and, yeah. and granted that's, that's all well and good. Um, but I think, um, <clears throat> more modern stories are, you know, when, when they were doing these crossovers back in the nineties, it was about like, kind of, you know, it, it these big event things, like if it's going to be like Batman and the Punisher or, or you know, uh, or, you know batman spider-man whatever x-men teen titans it's mm-hmm. going to be about the the, the the superhero teams not necessarily the secret identities whereas yeah. nowadays you can imagine that somebody like like let's say brian michael bendis were to write it you know mm-hmm. they, they'd probably spend most of it as bruce and and peter you know yeah. um and because that's in and, and, and in a lot of ways um like modern readers are much more savvy to that it's like well, don't just give us, like, a, you know, a 50-page up story. Like, that's all well and good, yeah. but the characters are what we're here for, you know, and, yeah. you know, like, the last book, in you know, had this really interesting uh, way of saying, well, here's how they're similar, and here's how they, they both are afraid of the same thing, mm-hmm. um, and how they overcome that fear by the end yeah. of it, versus um, this story where they, they just, they team up, they they do the job, and then and
0: then that's yeah. it um, like, uh like like i think we said last time you know it's when you first think about it or you say to someone you know like batman and spider-man i think like, on the surface level you know they are two very different characters you know yeah. obviously yeah. dark and brooding batman you know and then there's like jokey swinging through the city spider-man but they are very similar characters when you you know dig a little deeper you know they sure. both come sure. from come from tragedy and they're very humbled and their their uh, their mindset and the, like their approach to work yeah um is very similar you know in terms of and even like their kind of models you know like no killing and yeah. like they've both got uh they've both got their limits and um, but i feel uh you know that that was one of the the more interesting parts of the first book. Mm-hmm. You know because we did get to to see that sort of um, like deeper underlying uh, relationship. Yeah, but I feel like this book is more. The second book took a bit of a step back from that, and it was almost back to being a bit more surface level. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but you know it's. But they could have taken their relationship somewhere different and a bit more interesting. Cause seeing Batman with a more light hearted character is yeah. nothing new. You know, we've we've seen that with well, Batman and Robin, Batman and Batgirl, yeah, and Swain and Wally West Flash and Justice League or whatever. Yeah. And we've seen yeah. like Spider Man uh, team up with darker brooding characters, you know, it's like Spider Man Daredevil, Spider Man the Punisher, right. Spider Man Moon Knight, any number <laughs> of the Avengers, you know, when they're yep. going through their like gloomy periods, you know. <laughs> so, so like, you know, seeing those interactions are nothing really new for either of you. You know, Batman's dealt with happy go lucky characters before, and Spider Man knows countless, you know, street level, violent, a uh, dark uh, characters in the Marvel universe. Yeah. So, so there should be some sort of recognition and kind of explanation of that in the relationship, and then maybe uh, expand on it or like give us something different. You know, there shouldn't be this total conflict between them because they've yeah. had they've both had previous interactions and know people like that. You know, it's it's nothing new, uh, to them.
1: Yeah, and and I think the the thing that would change it up would be the them talking to each other without the masks on um and i think you know but i also think it'd be interesting because you figure that let's say part of the conflict would be peter having some bill to pay and and he's doesn't have any money you know bruce would you know you figure bruce would would pay it like Mm -hmm. let's say like aunt may's hospital bill or something like that yeah and then suddenly it's like oh it's been taken care of you know like an anonymous donor and then you know be like. Bruce Wayne just like tipping his hat at him or something like that
0: I mean it's uh, like uh, like I said it's like um, in times when like Spider-Man has been part of uh you know the Avengers and when he first joins and when he had uh, when he f- like has interactions with Tony Stark I feel like it's that kind of similar kind of a uh, class yeah. uh, difference you know um like I think is it, I can't remember if it was when Peter first joined the Avengers, or or it was later during kind of Bendis years, but he's he's asking like Iron Man and stuff, you know, it's like like uh, like what does this job in the Avengers pay, you know? <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, he needs the money, so like because obviously you know, like Tony Stark is essentially like funding it all, you know? Right. And I think uh, it is established in the Marvel comics that uh, being in the Avengers is a job, and you do get paid for it. <laughs> Well, the,
1: the well, the first time they do it, <clears throat> it's Captain America who goes to recruit him, and I, I always thought about that. Where he's like, "So, I guess I could use the money." So, yeah, I'll join. And and Captain America goes, "Oh, we don't have any money this time." And Spider Man's <laughs> like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> um, but then, but then, like later, I think that uh, he he does. Um, you know, what the, they put him in Stark Tower and everything, uh, so he yeah. gives him and he gives Peter Parker a job as opposed to Spider Man, but. <clears throat> Yeah, and stuff like that, that's, I think that, you know, we as the audience can relate to because it's like, I don't know what it's like to have any money, you know. But uh, so the idea of Peter being talking to someone who does have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, And I don't know, I I don't know if you've ever been out to dinner with somebody like that, where, um, you know, the the, the line that I've heard is, you know, like get into somebody's car. um, And I was like, Wow, man, you you got a really nice car. And the line yes. is, yeah, I do, I do all right. Yes. You know, yeah. like it's like, oh, shut up, man.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, that's. Uh, I can always imagine. I can almost like imagine a scene where, because of the type of character that, um, a persona that Batman has, of it's such a conflict and, a uh, uh, indifference to what Bruce Wayne is, obviously, so yeah i think like for for us like someone like spider-man to realize you know vigilante like crime fighter is like multi-billionaire like bruce wayne i don't think you'd yeah. be yeah. able to like comprehend that and like put two and two together like, right. you know, like yeah. you've got all this money like why why are you doing this you know <laughs> like what a what power and responsibilities do you have? (laughs) Like, like who died? What what uncle died? You know? (laughs) I don't (laughs) don't think he could quite comprehend, because I think, like, in someone like Peter Parker's mind, I think, you know, uh, because he did come from such, like, a humble kind of background, that really informs a lot of his uh, morality. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, because I think, you know, finding out that someone like Batman was, like, a multi billionaire, you know, part of the 1%, would be quite a a shock to him I feel
1: probably yeah
0: <laughs> um so let I me, mean because because me... most uh, most billionaires or almost all billionaires that Peter Parker comes across are villains yeah with the know, exception
1: of like Tony Stark yeah <laughs> yeah
0: you know it's uh you know like the Green Goblin like Norman Osborn is essentially like Bruce Wayne you know
1: <laughs> right right I'm, I'm not,
0: like, not but like, before, before goblin, you know, I just mean like billionaire, philanthropist, scientist, yeah, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Um, well, let me let me ask you so, if you were in charge of doing a, a part three, what, what villains would you want to see them go up against?
0: Um, I think, like I said earlier, you know, I like, uh, I do like Kingpin, uh like I like the idea of like kind of Batman having like a proper like interaction with Kingpin because mm-hmm. like I said you know he's because Batman's world is filled with um characters like Kingpin yeah you know and, yeah. Or, organized crime you know that's uh, like before the supervillains like the Joker and whatever you know but that that was all Batman's world you know right. you're know, dealing yes. with the uh, Falcons and the Moronis and stuff so someone like Kingpin would uh, fit right into that, and that would be really interesting. But if we're going, like, I guess supervillain, you know, Batman, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, yeah. any of the goblins would be really cool. And what would be really interesting is uh, Batman and Craven, the hunter. Oh, okay. I think that would be really interesting, you know, like similar kind of... Uh, because uh, they're both, uh, again, they come from uh, aristocratic backgrounds, yeah. um, you know, with money, and they've got similar uh, training and certain skills. I guess it would be like Batman fighting against uh, Catman. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in like uh, DC, like in books like Secret Six or something like that.
1: Well, especially the and, way uh, Gail Simone did Catman was yeah,
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of crossover with spider-man spider-man uh, oh who would be good maybe someone like because obviously spider-man's got a history of like more like kind of monstrous villains you know with like oh. like lizard and um venom and carnage to an extent so not to just copy that but you know spider-man versus someone like clayface or mm-hmm. killer croc um solomon grundy someone like that might be quite interesting yeah yeah, um, yeah. i mean i think that as we discussed in the first book you know the biggest challenge to spider-man was the joker because there's no one really in spider-man comics like the joker yeah. in terms of his kind of uh, madness and the uh, uh, unpredictable nature yeah because i feel like that's what really kind of took a uh, spider-man back in that first book he's because he's never really dealt with someone on on that level you know you can say carnage but he's just as we said before he's just kind of crazy for crazy's sake right even uh, uh, even though the green goblin's got some sort of kind of predictable nature Sure. Uh, so I think the biggest challenge to would have been the Joker. I mean, maybe someone like someone like the Riddler, because I think a lot of people like kind of forget just how smart Peter Parker is. Right. Right. You know, people always, oh, you know, they always look to like Reed Richards and Tony Stark, and, like or Blue Marvel, or you know, or like some of like the most smartest people in the marvel universe they always yeah. kind of like forget how smart and like genius scientist peter parker is right um so maybe putting peter against like someone in, with incredible intellect like uh you know someone like the riddler or something like that might be quite interesting uh, you
1: know that's that's a really good point um it's it's funny because what i was thinking about earlier when you mentioned the hobgoblin I thought, man, wouldn't it have been awesome if they'd done a crossover back in the day and it was like mm-hmm. Batman versus the Hobgoblin and yeah. then had been like, he sounds very familiar to me, something like that, you know. Uh, do,
0: do you have a brother?
1: <laughs> I said, do you have a brother who lives in Gotham? Uh, used white to be a gangster. Face, white face, green hair. <laughs> you know you what? Know <laughs> um, I, I really like that idea, you know, the, the, the Riddler of it because I think you uh, you Peter doesn't get to show off his his smarts a lot um, in, yeah. in terms of like with his villains, at least. Yeah. Um, whereas I mean, like a, one, a lot of the Batman villains,
0: people. you know, are intelligent. Yeah. I mean, like the only one I can really pinpoint to, you know, is like Peter's interactions with like, uh, like Dr. Octopus, you know, um, because in terms of uh, intelligence, the mad scientist sort of nature of it all. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like a battle of a battle of wits and intelligence.
1: Well, I think uh, I uh, that that would be really exciting to see, and and I think you know going back to what you were saying about uh, the kingpin being uh, like getting like a proper interaction between kingpin and uh, and Batman, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd almost want there to be some sort of conflict where Batman's like would be kind of cocky about it, like I deal with guys like this all the time. They have more money than they know what to do with, or blah blah blah. And you'd yeah. have to establish some way where the kingpin is different from like a carmine yeah. Falcone or a, yeah. or whatever you know so the you, batman you can, just,
0: you can just imagine you know the, the whole setup you know it's, you know crime boss from New York Wilson Fisk is trying to make connections or take over the crime families in Gotham City yeah you know, like yeah. the whole like it could be like uh, like war war uh, batman war games um right right with like penguin and black mask and stuff uh, but instead it's you know the conflicting crime families of i guess the fisk kingpin empire with someone like uh you know the maronis or or even black mask or the penguin you know like wilson yeah. fisk versus oswald cobblepot right right um it, two, it, it, two, it, it, two fat guys you know one's a little shorter one's a bit just a bit bigger <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah who's holding the umbrella <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i uh, oh man I, I just wish you know I, I said this in another episode you know i just wish it, it would be a drop in the bucket for disney and warner brothers or whatever Brothers discovery whatever you know mm-hmm. <laughs> zazloff whatever um it would be nothing for the the comic book side of things to interact again. Yeah. It would it would cost them nothing, and it would make it would make headlines. Like people would go nuts yeah. for it. You know.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it's but, uh, um, well, the last well, the last DC and Marvel crossover we had would have been obviously JLA and Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which was, I'm trying to think. Was, that was a great story. Oh, it was something. I'm trying to think. Was there any at interaction between batman and spider-man and that I no Spider-Man's was, not in it um, no because it was uh, it was batman and uh captain america, captain america that had like the big okay. interaction in it they uh
1: it's there's one there's one panel where clark kent interviews spider-man it's like a picture in mm. the daily planet yeah um so that was kind of cool but that's because I I was I was reading it uh, when I first started this uh, mm-hmm. this podcast, and I was like, you know, I I, I dug that up because I think at the time, like there there was you know news about George Perez that he was terminally yeah. ill. It was right yeah. before he passed, so I I picked it up and reread it, and and I saw that, and I remember taking a picture of it and laughing about it, going, "That's the only time Spider Man is in this entire book."
0: <laughs> yeah. it, it would be it'd be quite uh, cool, you know, if. if If he was part of the avengers and like interacted with batman in that because they could like hint at the previous uh that that they've actually crossed over before or like they know each other like uh you know they could see each other oh remember that that time that we fought kingpin and race the last time we met
1: (laughs) (laughs) it seems so long ago (laughs) i know um so jack this is uh this has been such a blast getting to do this with you today uh so um If people are, you know, swinging through the interwebs and they're looking for you out there, where can they find you?
0: They can find me at uh, Jack Ingram 95 on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, As always, I I have my Etsy as well, uh, which is Jack Ingram art. Uh, And last year uh, I did a a Star Wars scene, which was uh, a swimsuit special uh Star oh, yeah, Wars scene yeah, yeah. of uh, Star Wars characters um looking hot and sexy in summary in <laughs> their some costumes inspired by uh, the Marvel swimsuit uh, editions in the 90s <laughs> um and I'm bringing it back for a second edition uh, this year uh, the swimsuit special strikes back and <laughs> um, so I'm uh, I'm at the time of recording I'm currently taking um uh, interest applications from from artists. Uh, so I'll keep you posted of uh, of that when uh, it starts to um, come together. Yeah, but that's we'll it. Thanks again yeah. for having me. As always, it's been a blast. Yeah, of um, course. I'll see you. No more, no more Batman Spider Man crof- crossovers. I'm afraid. So
1: no, no,
0: unfortunately,
1: we'll have to I stick guess, to uh, solo heroes from now, now I on. If, if,
0: if I if uh, if you have me back, it'll just be Spider Man all the way. <laughs> At least on this show. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like, the, the, there's a running theme. I'm like, like every book I do is like, I'm trying to avoid like a solo Peter Parker book. You know, uh, <laughs> we, we did the uh, Spider-Man 2099 first, right. uh, and now we've done two uh, crossovers with Batman. I, I I swear I like I like Spider-Man. I do like Peter Parker.
1: <laughs> it, it's all good. Um, <laughs> Uh, as for me, you can find me at Spider-Man Books on Twitter. Um, uh, you can also follow uh, my other account at 4 Comic Junkies. That's F-O-R Comic Junkies. Um, you can catch that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please write a review, subscribe, get those buds in ears. And uh, we just want to say one last thing to end everybody's story, uh, which is Excelsior.